0: Hello and welcome to Side Hustle. I'm your host, Brooke Andreas, and on this podcast, I'll be chatting with people who have an interesting side hustle or hobby outside of their nine-to-five commitments, Well, in this case, it is someone who's had a side hustle that's built it up to be their main hustle. In this episode, I chat with Katie O'Rourke from Cake Marketing. To give you some background, Katie has 20-plus years of integrated marketing experience, and she's creative, strategic, and inspired. One of her career highlights includes managing the installation of a 43-metre photorealistic mural project by artist Guido Van Helsen on the Gold Coast, Australia, which reached over 23 million people. In this podcast, Katie gives us tips and tricks for freelancing and being a business owner, as well as some social media tips to help you grow your business. Here's Katie. Hello, Katie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Brooke. It's great. No worries at all. So let's get into it. Tell the listeners, tell everyone what you do. What is Cake Marketing?
1: So I'm Katie O'Rourke from Cake Marketing and Cake Marketing is my business where I offer my clients solutions for marketing and they are embedded in having a strong strategy, which is basically your recipe for your marketing and then I really enjoy the creative element as well where I get to put that strategy into action for my clients and come up with some really unique and inspired ways that they can apply marketing concepts to their own businesses to achieve whatever objectives it is that they're trying to, whether it be to uh, secure new clients or to really um, build on their social media presence. So it can be a range of different objectives. Sales, of course, can be one of them. Mm -hmm. But it all comes back to having that strong strategy and that creative execution.
0: And how long have you been running cake marketing or been involved in marketing?
1: I think I've always been involved in marketing in some way, shape or form. And cake, I think, has been around for over 10 years. I've had cake on and off. So I have dipped out of having my own business for a few different periods there where I have actually worked in-house in a marketing role for different brands. And then I have recently returned to having uh, Cake be my full-time role for uh, probably just before COVID hit, (laughs) to be honest, which was interesting timing. But, yeah, so it's probably been over 10 years. How was lockdown for you? Um, I definitely enjoyed aspects of it and elements of it. And I found that it gave me some really great opportunities to reflect on what it was that I wanted to do with my business rather than just getting head first diving in and uh, not really sort of setting a strategy up for myself as well, which is kind of like, A house painter that never has their house painted (laughs) so it really gave me some great opportunities and I was able to do some fun projects myself that I'd wanted to do for a while which really kicked off with a a Facebook live series to help other businesses including clients or former clients marketing themselves through a pandemic but I do find that a lot of my business increases because I have worked in crisis communications for quite some time so there's definitely um, a peak when something like this pandemic hit, and previously around um, other crises that have happened, such as bushfires and floods. But then I did have a bit of a lull, which allowed me to take a breath and take a minute, kind of reevaluate, and um, yeah, sink my teeth into some fun projects.
0: Yeah. So instead of baking bread and baking banana bread and, you know, doing all the things that other people did, you put that time and energy into creating some pretty cool. You know projects for for your own business which I, I I watched and if you haven't seen them jump onto cake marketing is it the Facebook
1: they are on the Facebook page and, yes
0: and even Instagram you can go and follow mm. there and get some tips as well because there was information in that first series about yeah I guess social media and, and marketing through a pandemic but I think although I hope we don't have another pandemic anytime soon I guess there's lots of bits that you can take away from that for for smaller little problems that you might have.
1: Absolutely. And I think that was something that this pandemic really brought to the front, even for some businesses that had been a little bit shy about having an online presence, particularly on social media, or who felt that it wasn't necessary. Suddenly everyone was home and spending far more time on their phones and on screens in general than they had really ever done before. And a lot of businesses really had to start relying on that online presence in order to connect with their communities, keep them updated with um, a growing situation that was constantly evolving. You know, one minute we were allowed certain restrictions and then they would change again. So communication was so important. And social media gave a lot of these businesses a great opportunity to find new customers as well. Um, And we're living in such an incredible online age where we can set up very simple websites and they have great functionalities for online payment portals and, and, and shops that a lot of businesses were forced to go down that path when previously they might have been a little resistant and that opened doors for them. Admittedly, it was a stressful time, of course, and that kind of change for businesses can be incredibly challenging and scary, but for some as well, they found it as an opportunity. Mm. And that's where the six weeks I did of uh, Facebook Lives was training. I really wanted to kind of help in and step people through how to pivot and how to make those changes because not all businesses have an in-house marketing person. And a lot of the time these small businesses, and it might be a cafe, for example, they're exceptionally good at what they deliver and that's their customer service and their beautiful products and food and produce, but they're not necessarily feeling confident to shout it from the rooftops on social media. So that's where I wanted to try and help fill a bit of a void and help them feel more confident in how they were going to be able to reach new customers during that time. And it allowed some people as well, even if they did have to close their doors and if they weren't in a position where they could still service their customers, how they could still be in uh, communication with them and with their community. So that when the time came for them to open those doors again, their customers had been on that journey with them and wanted to be there to celebrate that moment and to be part of it because it was history in the making and everyone went through it a bit differently, but together. And so there were a lot of businesses that did find their online community really rallied around and supported them. So, you know, there was definitely downsides to some elements of online world and social media, but that really, you know, warmed my heart along the way.
0: Definitely. yeah. We're going to be chatting about, you know, freelancing and social media and starting a business today. And especially, I think what I would like you to share as well is some of those things where people are starting a business or they have built their business up and they can suddenly, you know, take that and run with that full time, some of the things that people might not consider that, yeah, that you kind of wouldn't think of. So what I would like to chat about first, though, is about freelancing. And if anyone out there is looking to do a bit of freelancing, provide, you know, a service to a customer base, a client base. And yeah, how have you found freelancing?
1: Um, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> so, but I think I'm enjoying it now more than I almost ever have because, I did have a little bit of that downtime, even though it was only a few weeks during lockdown, where I took a step back and I actually got to work on my business rather than in my business. And that is something that's a real challenge for any business owner to be able to not get caught up in the day-to-day operations and to consider where they want to take it and how they want to develop their brands and what it is that they want to continue to deliver for their customers rather than just doing the same old Okay. So I was really fortunate that I had a little bit of that opportunity and to be honest it really um kind of inspired me again and I found it really exciting that now I'm working with some pretty amazing clients and I don't think I would have had the same level of energy and passion had I just got caught back up in the day to day without taking a minute to breathe and to really get inspired again because that's why I love marketing is because you can be creative and if you don't have a bit of headspace and a bit of um an opportunity to take a step back sometimes your creativity can be dulled a little bit Mm. so yeah freelancing for me now is far more enjoyable again than it has been for a really long time and quite exciting as well
0: yeah what are some of the pros and the cons like if someone Mm. is looking at starting something like this what would you say is the the best thing about it and what might be something that um, can be a bit annoying to deal with? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, look, on the annoying side, and I did find this really challenging during lockdown, I found it really hard to turn off because I wasn't leaving my apartment and I didn't have a flatmate or a partner or kids as well. So I was like, well, I'm here. I might as well just keep working. Mm-hmm. And so that for me was actually a real challenge was to switch off. It wasn't that I was deliberately trying to be a workaholic. It was just that I didn't have a lot of other things to do. (laughs) So what
0: was that story you told me about two o'clock in the morning just before we
1: started? (laughs) I did wake up. Was it the night before last at about 12 minutes past two, thinking it was time to go to work. (laughs) Uh, So, and, and look, you know, That's the thing with freelancing is sometimes it's not suited for for everybody because there are certainly days and I've just not long come off the back of, I think, 14 days straight where I had a lot of deadlines and I also like to make, make my deadlines for my clients. And sometimes everything kind of comes to a head, even though you do your best to plan things differently, but I just had to do it. And sometimes I'm not the best at balancing and that for me is a challenge. Yeah. So, um, But there's so many great things about working for yourself as well. And I love the variety of work I get to do and the clients and I make great friends out of it as well. And I love being able to work with creative people. So I'll work with graphic designers, web designers. I'll work with street artists. I'll work with a whole range of creative professionals who help me bring a vision or a dream or a a view that I've got in my mind for a client or for myself into a real-life circumstance. So that's amazing that I get to do that. And my creativity, to be honest, I can't draw other than a stick figure. (laughs) (laughs) But but I have, um, over the years, been able to work with some pretty amazing creative people. So I might have an idea and they really um, help make that flourish so that's amazing and I love as well with freelancing or uh, doing this type of work as a small business that there's a lot of flexibility in it so yes the downside can be sometimes I'm not that balanced but the other side can be okay three o'clock in the afternoon I've hit a wall I've got nothing left to give but then I'll have a spike of energy at like six o'clock and I'll hit the computer again for another hour or two and smash out some some really great work or if I do wake up quite early which I do enjoy doing I can smash out two or three hours before most people are out of bed yeah and that's actually more productive than for me than an eight-hour day sometimes
0: we have discussed hours um as in work hours but what about hours and quoting people how do you go about doing that how do you even yeah, pull up a quote for your services and your time.
1: Yeah, well, it's definitely a little bit of art and science combined and that's kind of what marketing is as well. You know, I love the data, which is the science and the analytics that we get when we work in marketing, but I also you also need an element of art and creativity and inspiration. And it's the same when quoting. And what I mean by that is that you need to be really clear when you get a brief from a client. So the more questions you ask as a marketing consultant, the clearer the brief is going to be on what is expected from the client, what they want you to deliver. Okay. So it, the more you do it as well, the better you get at quoting. And I'm really um, conscious of monitoring my time for each of my clients and being very clear in what they expect of me and what I expect to deliver for them. So, for example, I will I might quote a client, you know, six hours a week and by Tuesday we've already clocked through four hours of that and I know there's still quite a bit of more work to do. So that allows me to then have a clear conversation with the client going, look, we're already pushing the envelope this week. Do you want me to continue on? And we take hours out of next week. So next week I'll do less hours for you or do you want me to do, you know, we'll charge at X rate after that six-hour mark gets hit. And that's all things that you need to set up when you are pitching for the job and setting up like the agreement or the contract with the client so that it doesn't come as a surprise to them that after six hours you're going to be charging them X dollars an hour Mm -hmm. and then they're suddenly really shocked. So it's really important they have that clear communication. Not all projects are hour-based, Sometimes it's, it's just a, a fee for service, it's a project, and it takes you as long as it takes you, mm. you know, as well. And that is also fine. So, the more that you monitor the hours, the better you're going to be at identifying how long a project will take you. Okay. And everyone has different strengths. Some people can um, put together uh, an e newsletter copy very quickly you know they smash out really great content whereas other people can um put together a strategy more quickly than others so sometimes hours isn't always that easy to work with with quoting but the more that you keep track of that the more accurate your quoting is going to be going into your next pitch and your next project
0: and when it Mm. comes to pitching so i guess once you've established a a name for yourself and and your own little brand people will find you and they'll reach out to you but when someone is wanting to find new work, whatever industry they're, they're in, whether that is graphic design or they, you know, make clothes or whatever it might be, um, how do they find work or how do you – so you do you physically go out to or reach out to a company and say, hey – your social media looks terrible. <laughs> Can I help you? <laughs> yeah, that's not a, yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. It's
1: always great to insult the client. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, how do you find clients? Absolutely, and that everyone has different ways of doing it. And there are definitely websites available where you um, where companies will put up that they've got a project up for tender and you can pitch as a result because it's available on different websites. So that is one way that people can find work. And that's particularly good for larger scale contracts and even government contracts and, and the like. Um, other times, you know, you do need to leverage your networks. You do need to um, ensure that your own brand and your... Uh, own um, identity and what you deliver is in the top of mind of your potential audience. So that could be putting out your own content. Um, Other ways are through networking. And at the moment, obviously, there's not a lot of networking opportunities like we would normally have in cafes and bars and and restaurants and conferences. So things like LinkedIn, platforms like that, and, of course, Instagram as well, are great opportunities for you to link in with people. But there's no harm in actually just semi-cold calling someone. But I always think it's much better to have an established relationship, even if that is um, just a bit of communication through DMs on Instagram, you know. But probably avoid saying their Instagram's crap <laughs> to start yeah, with. That's, that's
0: why I'm not a... I am not I
1: do not
0: have my own marketing <laughs>
1: business. That might be why. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely ways that you can do it. And I think as well you've, you've got to just – some people have some fear about um, letting their family and friends know that they're looking for work and there's no harm in saying I'm looking for work. And I think now we've had this pandemic, there's more people looking for work than ever and we're all wanting to be supportive and help others find work. You know, there's enough to go around when we start supporting each other. So I've even been in circumstances where I'm not able to pitch for a job but I've said to someone, hey – do you mind if I share this with a few other people I know in the industry? Because why should I stop someone else getting that yeah. potential contract or role?
0: And hopefully vice versa, that will Yeah, happen. and
1: I I mean, it's good karma, of course, yeah. as well. And, of course, I only want to recommend people that I know will deliver and be um, experts in their field yeah. and, and meet the criteria. But, you know, you're giving a recommendation or you're passing it on. So there's a few different ways you can do it. Mm. Um, and, look, I think, though, for people that are just starting out, uh, like, say, for example, they might have recently lost their job given the circumstances, so they've decided to give freelancing a try, there's no harm in going to maybe a company. Uh, It could even be just a local business down the road or it could be your granddad's business who's not necessarily that confident on social media and saying, hey, how about I do X for you pro bono meaning for free and in return would you mind writing me a great testimonial if you're happy with my work And that's a great opportunity for you as well to practice the pitch process, to practice the quoting, to actually note how long it takes you to deliver that job. You might have only quoted 10 hours and it took you 30, Mm -hmm. you know, so you can really hone your own skills through that process. And I'm not saying everyone should work for free all of the time, but definitely early in my career and throughout my career, I've worked for different charitable organizations and You get warm fuzzies as well from it, but you're able to give back and learn a lot in the process. And you, particularly when you're starting out, you can start to build that portfolio or that resume that you can then leverage to get more paid work as well. Another way to do it is, say, for example, you're starting out in marketing and freelancing and you know that the girlfriend of your flatmate is a photographer. You might be like, well, look, would you mind doing some photos for my content and I'll do this for you in return? You know, so you can do some quid pro quo, I think is the term, <laughs> uh, a little bit of a contra deal as well. That's another way. Um, and again, it's just more experience. Yep. So along along um, your journey as a small business owner yep. or someone starting out and who's a freelancer as well.
0: But also, and one of the things that I've heard a lot lately, which is great is know your worth because although it's great to get something, um, you know, a portfolio started, whatever you're doing, you can't work for free all forever no and you also don't want to rip yourself off because you know they're and I've said this to some people say oh that that person's photography work is so much better and and I'm like yeah but they've also been running for 10 years and they're charging ten thousand dollars for a wedding so there's a reason behind that you know you still fit in the market you know you might be charging a thousand or two thousand dollars for a wedding to start with uh, but there's a market for that because some people don't want to pay (laughs) $10,000. Absolutely.
1: And that's what comes down to marketing is knowing your customer Mm -hmm. and where you position yourself in in the marketplace um, relative to your competitors, where you sit. I mean, there's a million people out there offering social media marketing services, but no one's going to do it the same way that you do. And everyone has their different strength as part of that, even though it might be under the same banner Mm -hmm. of photography or social media management. And that's something as well like it can be very easy and this is a bit of a downside of social media where you can see a lot of what other people are doing online and it's their highlight reel and damn it looks good mm. and you're like oh it's just me in my lounge room how could i possibly ever do that mm. and suddenly you've talked yourself out of it so sometimes i also suggest to people just to block that out and kind of stay in their lane and do what they know their customers want because like you said that person's customer might not be the other photographer's customer and there's enough work in the marketplace for those two businesses to be in the same industry and not actually be direct competitors and be complementary services as well.
0: Now, moving on somewhat, (laughs) I want to chat about some things that people might not consider when they're starting a business or As I said earlier, they've built their business up. They're generating enough income to be able to leave their office job or their nine-to-five, whatever they're doing, that they don't potentially want to be at anymore. Some things have happened, I guess, in your life and that have made you go, cool, I'm glad I had X, Y, and Z in place. Um, Did you want to chat about that?
1: Yes, I think it's really easy as a small business person um, or someone starting out to put yourself second a lot, but sometimes things happen. And it might not be a pandemic, but it might be uh, a health issue that you might be facing. And I've had some of those myself. Um, Or it might be that you find yourself, uh, yeah, losing a job that you thought you were going to have for a long time or, you know, your circumstances change. But I think we, as business owners, often think we're kind of superhuman (laughs) so we do run ourselves into the ground we do work ridiculous hours we do do 14 days straight without a break and then suddenly we fall apart and wonder why and how on earth it happened and in my circumstances I've had a few surgeries because I've had a family history of breast cancer so while I haven't been sick I have needed a significant amount of time off work to recover And sometimes with surgeries, there are complications as well. And um, my latest surgery took me a lot longer to recover. I'm not quite sure why, but it just seemed to knock me around a lot more. And it took me, yeah, significantly longer to feel like myself again and have the level of energy that I'd had previously. So it's really important when you're starting out to... I, I really recommend for people to go and see like an insurance broker so they can get life insurance or... Uh, death and disability insurance. So if they are, for whatever reason, unable to work or run their business, they have some sort of security net. And that's so important. We often kind of put that to the wayside as business owners because it's an expense for sure. Sometimes it's actually not as expensive as you think. And that is so important to protect yourself and protect your family by having that backup and give yourself a peace of mind. So definitely go and see an insurance broker, ask all the questions and find out how you can start putting those things in place. Some people will already have those things built into their superannuation. And that's another thing as a business owner, you've got to remember to do is pay yourself a wage and pay yourself superannuation. Um, And sometimes superannuation uh, companies have some of those insurances in place. And so do also professional membership bodies. So that's another avenue. So for example, um, you can join, say, I'm not sure with photography, but say there's a professional body. And by joining the membership, you also get professional indemnity insurance. So if someone tries to sue you because you've done a poor job, you've got an insurance to cover you. So I know that's like super boring and it's nowhere near as sexy as like creating amazing content for social media and working with huge brands on a marketing plan or doing some cool advertising campaign, but they're kind of the nuts and bolts and it will help you sleep more easily at night. And knowing that, You can take four weeks off if you need to to recover from a surgery and just look after your health because if you try and go back, and trust me, I have tried to go back way too soon Mm. after surgery, you can end up in a situation where you kind of push yourself a bit too far and you need to then take another two weeks off. Yeah. Um, So that kind of gives you peace of mind. It's Yeah, like I said, Mm. it's the boring side to business.
0: I I think it's something that people need to be aware of because you might be thinking, yeah, how do I – get the marketing plan happening do I have my business plan in place do I um you know how am I going to pay for everything what's my profit margin you know all Mm. of those things that people probably think about at the forefront and yeah that is solely business stuff and not personal stuff so as I said earlier thinking about you're not thinking about yourself you're just thinking about the business and
1: yeah and you're looking after your clients but you're no good to your clients if yeah, you're not, you're well not around or you're not well enough to get out of bed yeah. in the morning you're just going to do a pretty terrible job yeah. <laughs> so and and that's part of you know setting your business up when you're first starting out is getting um playing to your strengths and hiring out if you need to yeah so i'm good at marketing not so great at accounting <laughs> So, and my poor accountant, bless him, like he's the most patient man. Um, so, um, but that's definitely not my strong suit. So I have to budget in my, my monthly annual budget as a business owner that I need to set money aside because I've got, I've got to have my accountant help me through things because I don't know what it is. As soon as I see numbers, I break out in a cold sweat so. and it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah so, so, you know, but... And I'm sure there's plenty of accountants out there that if you put a marketing plan in them in front of them, the same thing would happen. Yeah. So if you can set a budget and be really clear about what you do need to outsource or because it could take me 30 hours to do something that would take him a day. Mm. And meanwhile, in those 30 hours, I could have done a podcast with you, written a marketing strategy for a client, done two coaching sessions that week, created my own content, set up my client's social media, pitched for a new project and so on, which is all income and revenue generating. Or I could spend 30 hours crunching numbers and not getting anywhere and then finding out, and look, I've done this, that it's all wrong and I have to start again. So (laughs) as a business owner, that's also the less sexy side. To marketing um, or for freelancing but i think it's really necessary as well but at the same time as a freelancer a business owner you do need to get to know your numbers so you need to work with someone like your accountant so you understand what you're charging what your outgoings are you know putting money aside for your own superannuation you need to get comfortable with numbers as a business owner whether you are in a creative industry or not and you might not like it but it will just give you so much more confidence and empowerment over your own future and your decision-making when you know what's coming in, what's going out. And nowadays there's some incredible software out there that can help you manage and track all of that mm. and and easily report on things. Yeah. But it's just so vital as much as I feel like I'm allergic to numbers. The more I get comfortable with them and the more I budget, yeah. the more in control I feel. For sure. Yeah. I'm
0: going to move on to social media now. And there's just a few questions. I've got a few listeners' questions as well. Uh, that came in through social media, through my Instagram and it's all around social media, which I think is, it's a pretty hot topic for people uh, out there with small businesses or I- even larger businesses. So what, um, what is one thing that you see many businesses doing wrong when it comes to social media? That's just one of my questions. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing is with social media is people either go one or two ways. A lot of the time, it's either completely overwhelmed, like they might have been looking at other people in the industry and going, I can't possibly do that and freeze like a deer in headlights and therefore they don't do anything. Okay. And they're just radio silent and they haven't posted anything since 2017. Okay. Then you've got the other end of the spectrum where they're like, look, something's better than nothing. I'm just going to throw it up. I'm just going to put what, yeah, that, that photo will do. And it's a blurry photo. Um, it's off brand. It has no context to the audience that they're delivering the content to. And what do you know, it flops. But they're like, yeah, I got seven posts up this week. So, but at the same time, none of them have had the opportunity to make a connection with their audience. None of them have sparked conversation or built the community or added any value. And that's what social media is all about is creating conversations and uh, making connections with people and building a community. So it's one or two ways. It's either deer in headlights posting nothing or going that'll do. And I'm much more of uh, the mindset that with social media, it does need to, yeah, create conversations and, you know, spark conversations with people mm. and build that community online. And if your content's not going to do that, not going to contribute to that, then, you know you may be might think that social media is not for you or you need to find someone who can help you know how to build those connections in that community. Mm. So, yeah, so it's – I'm more of the less is more. I'd rather you post once a week and it be really on brand and adding value to your community Mm -hmm. than posting seven times a week and it being terrible. Yeah. That's how I I sit it.
0: if people are really Mm. struggling with it to see someone – who are, you know, like you going and seeing an accountant, someone coming and seeing a, a you know a marketing professional to get that help. Yes. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Scroll. And look, I, um, I would say for just to starters, if they if someone was like, I don't even know where to start, but I need to do it myself because I can't afford to outsource yet, then jump online and look for someone, um, myself included, where I did that six week Facebook lives, and I went through strategy how to write a strategy i went through how to create content sources of content Mm -hmm. using your own photography there was a whole range of for free as well yeah it's all free (laughs) and they they go for about an hour each session almost yeah and there's a lot of information so pull a notepad out but it will help start you off at least Uh, yeah that's
0: great what are some apps when it comes to social media that might be helpful (laughs) even just one or two that you can think of. oh
1: i love apps and my phone doesn't because it's maxed out at like capacity and i keep having to get bigger phones um, <laughs> Exactly. i think i had 150 something apps on my phone last time i checked Solid. yeah yeah, wow. yeah um i'm, I'm an app girl it. i have an app for everything i even track wine on an app now oh. yeah <laughs> favorite wines there you go. um so apps i really like things that are functional so I have my invoice to go app, which helps me invoice clients if I'm on the go, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Good> and <name. laughs> you can do that on your phone or desktop now. I use Google Drive for a lot as well. And that's, again, setting up systems and folders for everything and, and filing everything as accurately as possible. That will really help you. Uh, obviously, my email apps mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then I also use... Um, Some things that I prefer on desktop, though they do come in app form. So Canva is one of them. I know there's plenty of people out there that hate Canva and Easel, but sometimes (laughs) it's easy. Yeah, you just got to. Um, But I would advise people if they are going to do something like use Canva to go to a professional graphic designer and get them to set up some templates and things designed for them that they can then go away and use themselves. And that way their brand will be consistent Mm -hmm. along the everything that they do from Facebook headers to Instagram posts to to stories for an event they've got coming up. Yep. And I love Sked Social, which I'm using at the moment to schedule um, content for myself and for my clients. So, yeah, mm. that's another one as well. That's what I'm there's using. there's
0: a few, few scheduling apps, out, uh, well, platforms out there, isn't there?
1: Yes, and I've worked with a lot of them and they all have – their own strengths there's no one size fits all but for me at the moment i'm working a lot in instagram more than most other platforms and i find sked has which is s-k-e-d has a range of functions in it that i can't necessarily find elsewhere so um some of those functions are having a library where you can upload your images you can source user generated content people that use your hashtag and follow things like that to repost it allows you to schedule stories and it allows you to put, like, hashtags in your first comments and mm. and a few other different – like, there's a whole range of things you can do there. Um, but for me, at the moment, that's what I'm using because I find it – but I've used Hootsuite as well. They've been great. Yeah. Plan, which is P-L-A-N-N. They've been amazing for Instagram. Um, yeah, so there's a range. Because
0: when it comes to social media as well, I think – some people think, Oh, I've got to post on no, I've got a Facebook, I've got an Instagram, I've got a Snapchat, I've got a Twitter, I've got a I've got everything. But so many socials, exactly. so little time.
1: Yeah, and look it depends, but a lot of those platforms, whether it's LinkedIn or Instagram, have a lot of data in them that you can access for free. You don't need to go through a third party like I do for scheduling, which also give you great analytics though, um, you can find out where your audience is. And if you're on multiple platforms but you're finding you're getting the most traction on LinkedIn, mm. um, then by all means, make that your primary focus. Um, but it can't hurt to cross-promote pro- onto a few other channels if it's relevant and the format's right mm. as well. But know where your audience is. And that comes back to your strategy. Like if your audience, you've got... That's who who are you trying to talk to? Who mm. who do you want in your community? Yeah, who do you want to be part of in other other communities? And if you're like, well, they're all hanging out on LinkedIn, so I better hang out in LinkedIn. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's kind of how it works. What about tips for growing followers on social media? Tips for growing followers. I just want to firstly state that social media is meant to be social. Okay. I know that sounds really basic, but you wouldn't walk down the street and just meet someone for the first time and scream in their face in capital letters, I have a bag to sell. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> like you should totally buy the bag. Here it is. It's only $89.95. Buy the bag, buy the bag, buy the bag, and then throw it at them. So, you know, so first of all, social media is made social. And it is a long-term relationship. It is not a one-night stand. So there's no... You know, silver bullet that is going to make your whatever explode, whether it's your connections on LinkedIn or your followers on Instagram or your engagement on Facebook or whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So a few things that you can do, though, to try and get your content in front of more people in a way that is relevant without screaming at them in the middle of the street is use geotags or location tags. And for a lot of small businesses, though, they try and tag initially when they're starting out their own business address. But it's a means for people to find you. So they might not be searching Instagram, for example, for that address. So you might be better off geotagging Brisbane, Queensland, rather than your exact address in your street in a suburb. Okay, so geotagging is one of them. The other way is to use hashtags. And you've got up to 30 hashtags you can use on Instagram uh per post and you might as well use them all okay if they're relevant okay don't be putting up a picture of a handbag and then hashtagging barbecue okay (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna work um and the instagram and facebook peeps are pretty smart so they clue on to that kind of stuff as well pretty easily and realize it's not relevant but use hashtags that are relevant and if possible, use as many of them as as you can. I recommend using hashtags that have a mixture. So you might do some hashtags that are very niche, like you know they might only have five or ten thousand uses. People have used them, and then use others that are more like you know thirty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand maybe somewhere in there. But if you start using hashtags that have got like, 1.5 million users your content's never going to be found anyway really it's it's, by just, the time it's just time it's a minefield. like it's gone yeah. the, the second you put it up it's it's lost in the abyss yeah so use relevant hashtags it's kind of like in the olden days if your listeners were around in the olden days and you had yellow pages mm. and say for example you're a graphic designer mm. you might have an ad under graphic design but you also might have an ad under branding and under web design and not just one because you knew that your audience might be looking in other places. And that's kind of the same with hashtags. Mm. And the third thing I would say is you've just got to engage because, like I said, social media is social. So get on there. Start conversations with people. Ask questions. Be meaningful in what you're putting out there rather than just a thumbs-up emoji. Yeah. um, Write something that's worthwhile.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Well, you've actually answered
1: the next two listeners' questions <laughs> Oh no. that,
0: which was how to use hashtags, and the other question was what should I post on social media, which I guess you could still address that.
1: The best way to start, and I have a bit of a formula, which I go through in some of those online um, trainings that I did on Facebook that are still there and free for anyone that wants to watch them. I'm not trying to sell anything, actually. <laughs> so, I, but you start with what are called content pillars or content themes. So um, let's take, for example, name an industry.
0: Um why can't I think of an industry? <laughs> I'm not here. To okay, be- let's
1: pick say um, barbecues. There we go, because there's a barbecue. There. I'm like. Is that an industry?
0: I'm looking at Red Rooster. I'm like fast food. And I'm like, fast no, I'm food. probably <laughs> just hungry, but I'm always hungry.
1: We just ate anyway. <laughs> well, say so your your product is barbecues. Okay, mm-hmm. so what are all of the different themes or content pillars about barbecues? So you might have the actual different sizes of your barbecues, the functionality, uh, different recipes. Um, You might talk about smoking versus barbecuing. You might talk about um, cleaning your barbecue, the different types of products that are needed, uh, home remedies to clean the barbecues, how often you should be checking your gas tank and getting your lines, you know, plumbed properly by a legitimate person who does it. I don't know the wording. (laughs) Um, Okay, so there's like nine or ten different themes or pillars there so you can start to create content around those for your audience and you ultimately you want to educate them inform them about something you might want to inspire them or you want to entertain them and sometimes it could be both you could be entertaining them and informing them about a great new product you've got as well Mm -hmm. so once you sort of start there it gets a little easier rather than you just wandering around the house trying to figure out what the heck am I going to post yeah okay so that's kind of your first two and then you work out Well, do I need to take the photo of the barbecue or can I just contact my supplier who has barbecue like great shots and ask Mm. them to send me some? Oh, great. Well, I can do that. Cool.
0: That's done. Photo's
1: done. Awesome. Or actually, you know, old mate's having a barbecue on the weekend. I might just get him to see if he can do a little 30-second video on a technique. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's tick. Now I know my format of what I'm going to try and put up. And then you can start going, well, that 30-second video, I've got my formats. I might be able to use it more than once. I might be able to put that photo on a couple of different places. So that's cool. So you've Mm. kind of cross-leveraged it. And then you just got to work out in your calendar where you want to put it. And if it's barbecues and you know that there's a long weekend coming up and people go away camping, for example, because a lot of us are thankfully allowed to now do that, you might go, yeah, well, let's put that up on a Wednesday or Thursday night before everyone hightails it out of town to go away on the weekend barbecuing. Yeah. So you just then kind of schedule it at yeah. a time.
0: That was actually one thing that I learned when I was doing an internship. Um, I did a marketing sales and, and events internship when I was at uni. And one of the things they got me to do was write down all of the big events that are coming up, whether that's the races or whether that's World Donut Day or whether that's you know, whatever it might be. And I'm kind of sitting there going, you know, quite some years ago going, what the heck? Why do they need all of this? But then they can schedule, yeah, content around that if they're looking for, you know, someone like sponsors or if they're looking for something like that, they can reach out to the local bakery, you know, and go, hey, we're going to post about this. Um, There was, you know, a bit of a connection there. Did you want to provide this or we can Mm. take a few photos and blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, kind of worked together in that way. And I was like, okay, no, that makes sense. Because initially I was like, why do you need to know about World Donut Day? <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs> And absolutely. And right now I'm planning content for a client through August. And I'm like, right, so I need to be including um, for the products that they have that they serve for their customers, I need to be talking about Christmas. Wow. Because by the time... People start thinking about it, then they put their orders in, then there's a six-week turnaround, then there's delivery to the customer and then those customers then pass it on to their customers as like gifts, for example, say it's corporate gifts. Working back from Christmas, you're going to want that stuff out late November, early December. So working back, I need to start in August for my client creating content that reminds their customers to start thinking about Christmas cuz <laughs> god knows it's already July mm, it or is it to, August yeah. I have no idea yeah. but <laughs> <I don't laughs> the year's know. half gone so Absolutely. you do need to be forward thinking and that's the thing is that you can be posting um as little as once a week but make it meaningful yeah so if it is that you are in baked goods and donut days coming up perfect mm. done you know but if it's not then you might just put a video up on how you make the donuts. Mm. And that's also great because people love that.
0: <laughs> they yeah, love, love watching she... donuts. I was like, well, donut day sorry. <laughs> Actually, was... a
1: friend of mine doesn't like donuts. I just really? found this out about her and I was absolutely stunned.
0: Yeah. Really? Yeah. Friends still?
1: Yeah, well, I figure I can eat the donuts ah, and she can't now. Yes. So that's
0: it works out well. Yeah. I was initially shocked, but you've made a great point there. Like I
1: said, play to your strengths. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so there's definitely planning ahead yeah. if you can can start to also take that pressure off. Well, yeah.
0: especially like yeah, Christmas is coming up, so if you've got a product around that, you probably want to start promoting that. Yeah,
1: and and as a business as well, you might be thinking my clients have had a really tough year, but they've still stayed with me or they've still supported me, so I want to start thinking what can I do for them at Christmas time to thank them for that, you know, level of loyalty through it all and you know, what can I do that's meaningful? So I need to start putting some things into practice now mm. and putting some orders in or organising Christmas cards or whatever it might be.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I think we're – um, I think that's about it.
1: We've done we've well done, over time. We've
0: done well. Cause we could chat
1: all day. <laughs>
0: normally, yeah, well, that's it. Normally it's um around 30 minutes, but I think this has been great to – be able to break down a lot of the things that people might have questions about. So I want to thank you. What are your socials? So people can go and find that free course and, and whatnot.
1: Okay. So it's just cake marketing as in having your cake and eating it too. Mm. C-A-K-E marketing, all lowercase on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, it's different, a little bit different on Twitter, but not a lot of, your listeners are probably on Twitter anyway. I think so. Not
0: the so. I'm not on Twitter with my, this podcast just yet, yes. so I could be missing a market there, or it's just not where. People and I'm are. also
1: on LinkedIn, but just at me personally as well. But I'm not super active on LinkedIn yeah. at this point in time. My community seems to be more on um, Facebook and on Instagram. So that's, that's where true. I kind of hang out a bit Brilliant. more than others. Yeah.
0: Well, everyone, go and jump on that free course because it really. Even if you have been doing your socials on your business for a while, even just to refresh those skills or pick up some new tips, I found it quite helpful. So,
1: thank you. Well, I'm (laughs) I'm glad that someone found something useful out of it. No, I I I, I did receive some lovely feedback from people, so that's great. But I'm always I'm a lifelong learner as well. I'm always signing up for courses even in social media, because the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'm just about to embark on a new course at the moment about paid ads, and I'm really excited because I do already work in that space, but I want to get more confident in it and yeah. keep building my skill set. And, yeah. definitely. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. I'm really... Um, been loving all of your previous podcasts so i'm oh, very excited you. that you've had me as a guest so thank you yeah,
0: no thank you very much i appreciate it
1: and this is actually my first ever podcast oh, really? so there we go well, ticked you it. did
0: so well ticked
1: it off the list so yeah. thank you Thank you for listening to this
0: episode of Side Hustle. If you wanted to follow Katie on social media, you can at Cake Marketing, C-A-K-E Marketing. And you can also follow Side Hustle Podcast, this podcast, at Side Hustle underscore podcast on Instagram. And feel free to leave a review if you enjoyed this episode.